0: So hey, you want to do a podcast, like like Um, start a new show and stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. When when you want to do that?
0: I don't know. I thought that that that's what we were doing. Like this. I don't have anything going on right now. You want to do it now? This is your idea. I mean, what do you want to call it? I don't know. Like, um, maybe memories
1: from your from your logbook.
0: Yeah. Okay. Or reminiscing about flights.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Okay. You're fine. now. Hey. Uh, we should name this thing something decent, right?
1: Yeah. Maybe we should come up with a name. Yeah.
0: I'll, let, I'll leave that up to no you. have been No
1: Name Podcast for a the while. The No
0: gave. Name General Aviation Podcast. How about yeah. that?
1: Yeah, because yeah. that's not being used anymore. Right. It was, <laughs> but yes, that was. was
0: like so 450 episodes ago. Oh, yeah, at least. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <sighs> How about so, Logbook Memories? Hey, I like it. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can invite guests on and stuff.
0: We can do that. (laughs) So, hey, welcome to the first episode of Logbook Memories. Uh, My name is David, and uh, the other voice you're hearing is Mike Ladd. I'm David Allen. I'm Michael Ladd. And the the other voice you're hearing is Michael Ladd. And this is actually your idea.
1: Yeah. This is actually something that I thought about doing when I was uh, still flying as a student. And I just kind of came up with this idea for Logbook Memories as a podcast. Um, Mostly, not really as a podcast, mostly as at the time... uh, I wasn't as familiar with podcasts at the time, but mostly as a, as a website and let people submit their own stories, not really a forum type thing, but more of, you know, submit your stories and then we can take them and kind of clean them up and edit them and, um, and just post them on the site as different people's stories and just kind of have it look like um, a glorified logbook entry, you know, with the, the date and the time and tail number. And if they wanted to put that in there and, how many landings, kind of stuff like that. But then in the notes or remarks, it would just be, you know, a long story of what they did and why it was a a memorable logbook entry. And that was my original thought. And then, uh, you know, everything gets in the way, life, work. And uh, it just kind of fell aside, you know, fell by the wayside. And then uh, a few years later, my young man I was instructing with, uh, ben Pendergrass, he and I kind of started it, and we did like two episodes or three episodes, um, which I think I still have saved somewhere on an external hard drive. But he wound up getting a commercial job, uh, flying, and it just never panned out. I mean, time-wise, we weren't able to schedule anything. I was flying; I mean, I was traveling weekly for work, um, and it just didn't work out. So, and then you and know, I kind of. Threw the idea out at each other, I think, a while back, and uh, or you threw it out to me if I still wanted to do that, and I did, and here we are. So we recorded our first episode at Sun and Fun in 2018, and uh, we're going to do a bunch more in 2019. But we're going to, in the meantime, we've already actually have a few in the can um, that we're finishing up editing. The last few, and we're going to have start releasing all of them here right after this episode. But that's kind of how the whole thing started was wanting to do, uh, you know, I I, I love the instructional podcasts and the entertainment GA ones and things like that. But I just wanted to strictly focus on other people's stories of their favorite flights. And it's kind of a, you know, (laughs) one of the the lines I used when I first, you know, did the initial website, I think was like, uh, you know, reasons why we fly. And then, Sure enough, what, two years ago, we came up with another podcast from Mike Harris uh, called Why We Fly. So, right. <laughs> so we need to come up with another tagline now since, you know. But uh, but that's kind of the whole gist of it. That's why I wanted to do this and um, something a little bit different than what other people are doing, even though they all talk about their favorite flights and stuff. But this is definitely something that it's kind of what I wanted to focus on.
0: I've always loved the idea of doing this. Pilots want to fly airplanes and when they're not flying airplanes they just want to talk about it i've long yeah. believed that and so this show is going to be a place for us to kind of just relive our flights and so um for people who are going to be guests you know we encourage them to look back in their logbook find a, a flight that was particularly memorable for whatever reason, maybe it was a really cool adventure. It was the first time they did a particular destination or type of flying or type of aircraft. Uh, they, they had a a guest, they had a particularly interesting mission. Uh, they learned something, something was scary or amazing or beautiful or mistakes were made, you know, whatever that is there, I was inverted 300 miles an hour, four (laughs) inches off the runway when I decided to pull instead of push, you know, and then well, well, what happened?
1: <laughs> you know? Sparks off the canopy. <laughs> it was, not just, you know, it was we wanna, a crazy day for everybody. <laughs> we want to
0: hear that story. <laughs> so uh, we would love to hear your story and uh, we would love to hear to share that with the world. So uh, we're going to be having lots and lots of guests. And like Mike, you already said, we have uh, quite a few episodes already in the can and we decided it would be best for us to record the zero episode, this one here after we already had some in the can so that we could, you know, kind of showcase some of those. So um, I think that you really also wanted for us to share our, you know, our own stories as well. So. Yeah, um, definitely. I'd love I, to hear. I've, I've got you know, one. Your Do you stories have one?
1: And my stories and, you know, I've got a, not necessarily not, well, there's a difference, you know, quantity and quality are two different things, obviously. And I've got a quantity wise a little bit more than you, but. You have flown some neat airplanes, and and a lot of different airplanes with your, your video podcast. And if you right. kind of wanted to talk about that, you're more than welcome to talk about other people's airplanes and some of the planes you flew in that.
0: So I think we should start by introducing ourselves, uh, Mike. who Who is who is Mike Ladd?
1: Well, Mike Ladd is uh, I don't know. You know, that's an he's an enigma. <laughs> I believe that's that. been a mystery. The uh, originally from South Florida. Um, Currently living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, fly out of uh, one alpha zero Um, about, uh, gosh, 12 years ago, I guess. What year are we in? 2019? I think this was Mm -hmm. 2005 or 2006. So, gosh, 13 years ago it'll be this summer um, that I actually got my ticket. Um, We were actually at the Chattanooga Air Show, which I haven't had since then, um, and had a blast there. At first, real air show that I've actually attended. Um, besides seeing air shows, you know, from a distance or on top of a building or a parking garage or something, you know, way off in a distance. So we were there and I've always wanted to fly I always. And I, w- I was, never an aviation geek than av geek. Like a lot of people are um, that I've met going to some of these air shows uh, in recent years. I'm more of a, I thought it was a great way to get from point A to point B instead of driving six hours, we can do it in two, two and a half, three tops, you know, by plane, by GA. And, I love that idea. I love that thought of being able to, you know, fly down to the Keys or, you know, when at the time I was living in South Florida or, you know, here, you know, going and spending two and a half hours flying to first flight airfield or something like that. And finally, my wife just said, do it. So she got tired of me talking about it, and listening to me. And it was actually New Year's Eve or, the, or December 30th, I think it was, um, of that year, I think 2005 was when i uh, took my discovery flight and um went from there which that actually in and of itself is its own story because uh the discovery flight we actually had a complete um power assistance failure so alternator went out um it was kind of funny he noticed uh, a low voltage when we were doing the run-up but he just kind of you know tapped it and it went off <laughs> i thought oh yeah this would be fun but we went up did a flight um had fun. And then next thing I know, I was having a hard time hearing him and he was having a hard time hearing me over the intercom. Eventually, that light came on uh, and stayed on the low voltage light. And that was pretty much the end of the flight. Um, We did do a good half hour um, in the airplane. I found out years later, talking with uh, my instructor, Ben, that He honestly thought he would never see me again after that day. (laughs) So (laughs) he's like, yeah, we're never going to see this guy again (laughs) because of the the power systems failure that happened. And I I told him, I said, Ben, you know, and somebody did ask me when in that conversation asked me, you know, why did you go back? I mean, why, what was it that made you go back after an issue like that? And my answer was very simple was I didn't know it was an issue. Um, the fact that a light comes on, um, I didn't realize that that was a huge problem and, uh, he wasn't concerned, uh, he being Ben, to see if I, um, so I wasn't concerned. Now, if he started freaking out, sweating, handshaking and trying to unlatch the door, yeah, I would be upset. <laughs> they probably wouldn't have seen right. me again. Of course. But in that situation, he was fine. Um, okay. So we can't talk to each other. That was kind of the last five minutes of the flight. Um, we kinda had our headphones off and we were talking over the engine. But that but that was it. That was the only issue that we had and it wasn't a critical as far as I was concerned. Now, obviously much later I realized it was a much bigger issue than it was. But we were local, we were in the practice area, we we're only ten minutes away, if that, from the airport. And then I went back, I booked it for the next day. And he didn't think I was <laughs> gonna show up the next day, but I did. And it was, you know, the story just keeps going on to now. So yeah, that was my the that's first awesome. flight, my discovery flight.
0: I think a lot of the your your response to an emergency obviously is going to be how the pilot handles it, you know. Um if the pilot's panicking, that's a, that's gonna be a problem. If the pilot handles it professionally, then you're good. Um well cool. Um I'm my name's David Allen. I am a native of Florida as well, Central Florida, you're South mm-hmm. Florida. Um difference is I still live here. I've lived here all my life, uh, about 30 miles south of Cape Canaveral. So I live on the Space Coast. I get to watch all the space shuttles and, well, used yeah. to watch all the space shuttles. Now all the rockets go off. Um, and, you know, I've uh, always had an, an interest in aviation. And the interesting thing is I don't – you didn't necessarily mention, Mike, if there was somebody in your life who – who 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 kind of spearheaded or or fostered that aviation drive for you, and and I'm I'm guessing that maybe there wasn't, but my story yeah, is no, different. There, I my did not dad, know
1: anybody, but I know you did.
0: Yeah, my dad is a pilot, and he took me flying for the very first time in a Cessna 152. I think it was a 152 uh, when I was uh, eight years old, and we used to go to air shows and do all this stuff all the time. So while you were looking at aviation initially as an effective means of transportation to get from here to there for me it's it's i love watching airplanes just fly and uh love to see them in the air and hear them and love to be in them and i love going places as well um but it's just interesting how we kind of came from two different places
1: Um, yeah and, and don't get me wrong i love watching them fly now too i mean i've kind of gotten into that not as much right. as some other people, but definitely, I still love going and watching these planes fly around. Whether it's, you know, every t- you know, <laughs> you know, how do you spot a pilot when you hear an engine, you know, noise in the air? You always look up. You always see that person looking up in the air right. for the plane. And I do that all the time. That's I just right. love seeing them um, and figuring out what they're doing, where they're going, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. The other day, my girlfriend pointed at an airplane and said that one looked interesting, and so. <laughs> Pulled up flight aware and told her, "Oh yeah, that's a that's a Virgin, uh, Virgin Atlantic Boeing seven forty seven flying from Newark to Miami at four thirty thirty eight
1: thousand feet." Now, so your appreciates <laughs> that. My wife would just roll her eyes if I did that.
0: Oh, she did. <laughs> <laughs> she She rolled her <laughs> eyes too. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I you know I never did get my pilot's license. Uh, I've been around aviation all my life. I volunteer at Sun and Fun Radio, just like you do. Uh, I go to other air shows and volunteer and, and help out and just enjoy being at these events and and being plugged in. Uh, but last year I did start pilot training. I'm 42 years old, so I finally yep. started primary pilot training. I know. Uh, I do have uh, a bunch of kids. I have five kids of my own, and uh, we they all seem to love aviation. In fact, I bring a lot of them to these air shows with me when I can. Um, But now I have about 35 hours of total logged time. I have lots of time in many other airplanes. And even before I started primary pilot training, I had a lot of flying experience and a lot of time logged. And we'll actually talk about uh, one of my particular adventures today and kind of give you a taste of what some of the stuff I've been able to do. So that's me in a nutshell. And that's Mike. In a nutshell. (laughs) So... The flight I was going to talk about was uh, actually took place in 2009. Uh it's not really a loggable flight, but it was a pretty cool adventure. So, this is before, obviously before I started pilot training. Uh, I was I was at EAA's Air Venture Oshkosh and it was one of the last days of the event. It was Saturday or Sunday, I can't recall. But it was my very first Oshkosh and Uh, At the time, I had some relationships with some people that then afforded me the opportunity to fly, to get a ride in a T-28 Trojan. And I know you guys, uh, some of my friends, (laughs) some of my friends give me a hard time about (laughs) the fact that, uh, you know, I I point to a T-28 and I say I have stick time in that airplane. Uh, And you guys all just kind of roll your eyes now, but... It's I don't think it's I don't you guys have ever heard it's the story. Every time
1: we see one, I say
0: that <laughs> it is such a cool airplane. But I don't think you guys have ever actually heard the story of me I flying in the T twenty eight. So, uh, so, so I was told to report to the Warbird Ramp at a particular time in the morning, and I got there, and uh, the other guy I was going to fly with also showed up, and the lead pilot begins kind of doing the briefing about how, how we're going to fly. And he was very energetic and uh, intense and intentional and spoke to what was going to be done and how it was going to be handled in a very authoritative way. And it was very cool. Uh, And I was kind of hoping to fly with him. But uh, the other gentleman that I was going to fly with, uh, he got to fly with the lead pilot. And so I got stuck with the 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 wingman pilot and i'm kind of like bummed out because he's like he's an older guy and he's quiet and he's he he just he feels like slow like i'm watching him and he's not real energetic and animated and he's just kind of subdued i guess that's the right word is subdued i'm like ah man this is gonna be awesome but it would be awesomer if i was flying with lead like it just felt like that was the thing right Boy, was I wrong! Um, well, what happened was kind of magical. When we got into the cockpit and he strapped me into the back seat of this T twenty eight and put a headset on me, he became a different person. He became a pilot's pilot. Like I was, I was just watching this transformation. I'm like, this guy's like a kid again, and. Knew what he was doing, you know, flew the airplane, commanded authority on it, and it was just kind of amazing to watch. Um, We taxied out, and we did a formation takeoff, and we flew in formation for a long time. And all the while, this guy's explaining to me what's going on and telling me what to watch for. And I can see that he wants us to switch sides, and so there's hand signals that they can use to signal uh trailing you know flying from the left to the right and then from the right to the left and so we did those various things out over the the call it the practice area at oshkosh and we're just flying uh and then we did a little bit of dogfighting, where the lead pilot we fell behind the lead pilot and then the lead pilot would start maneuvering and the trailing pilot which is what i was in was trying to stay on his tail and so we're flying just maneuvering darting around the sky with this t-28 and it sounds unbelievable like the sound of that radial engine in the t28 just sounds amazing i can it's kind of like very distinctive that sounds completely different than a p51 but when you hear a p51 mustang you know it's a p51 mustang when you hear a t28 trojan especially after you've been in one you know it's a t28 trojan just sounds deep and throaty and mean and burly like (sighs) you know just amazing amazing sound so here we are playing this dogfighting game, this is a cat and mouse chase the, chase the leader, and uh, did that for a few minutes. And then we ended up breaking off and going and doing our own maneuvers. And so we went to one section, they went to another, where we were sure we weren't going to be in each other's areas. And the pilot then begins to demonstrate some maneuvers for me, he shows me a wing over, uh, then he shows me uh, a, I think, uh, uh, we did a roll, an aileron roll. And basically showed me how to do it. You know, they went to, to the power for the maneuver. He did a pull up and then centered the stick. So your pitch up then just mash the aileron straight over until you do a whole rolled back to wings level. And he's like, do you want to try it? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> so then I do an aileron roll in this airplane. Uh, and then we went up and did a loop and he showed me how that went. And then I went and did a loop as well. Uh, it was Uh, absolute riot Uh, and then of course the airplane goes back to him uh, and we then did an intercept back to lead and so he showed us how you would do an in-flight intercept when you're trying to uh, form back up in formation and it's there's a couple of different ways to do it the preferred method from my understanding uh, is to to do it in a turn so lead Begins, you know, a shallow turn to the left or to the right, a constant turn, and then the chasing airplane can cut, can can slice the pie or cut inside of of the lead plane. Uh, and at, for every you know amount of time both airplanes are turning, the the chasing airplane, the trailing airplane is cutting in closer because he's cutting on the inside of the circle. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, So that's how we formed back up. And then we headed back to uh, Whitman and over runway two seven, we did an initial with an overhead break. Uh, The lead broke first and then we broke after him and it was kind of a riot. We landed and uh, taxied back to the ramp and that was pretty much all she wrote. It was an experience I'll never forget and just a, an amazing time to watch this transformation of this guy in front of me begin to fly this airplane, like it was, like like he had just come out of pilot training. Just a sharp, amazing pilot knew how to command this airframe, and uh, uh, it was fun. It was fun to fly together. So that was my one and only experience in a T twenty eight. And I, it's one of those airplanes that, man, if I had if I had plenty of money, I, I could definitely own one of those. It'd be fun to
1: take people up in one.
0: And there you go. That's my uh, that's my story of getting stick time in a T twenty eight.
1: All right, so good. So we don't have to listen to it anymore. <laughs> oh, I'll still tell you about it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we always, uh, know, we always know we're going to hear it.
0: That's right. Let's hear yours, Mike.
1: Uh, mine probably is. Um, it's a little bit longer one. I'll try and cut it down, but uh, it is a long flight. It's actually a few days long. It was not, it was actually Thanksgiving weekend. Um, I got my, I received my, a check ride was in September, I believe, end of September. And uh, here in Chattanooga at the time, I was also working in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina on a project as a contractor. So I was kind of traveling back and forth. We had, um, I rented a Cherokee 180. um, from uh the flight the flying club i was a part of out there in uh gosh i forgot the town um it's, it's where all the uh race uh racing teams the nascar teams had their plane stationed all these subs and everything else were all leers and everything um really neat little airport uh just kind of northeast of uh charlotte uh, international I'll, I'll get the name here in just a, few, in a little bit but uh Little airport, so I flew out of there in a the Cherokee 180 um, on Wednesday. Flew to Chattanooga, it took me about two and a half almost three hours. Uh, flew to Chattanooga, landed at my airport, my home airport, uh, one Alpha Zero, uh, Dallas Bay Sky Park. Uh, my wife picked me up on Wednesday evening and drove home. Uh, did a quick load of laundry and unpacked, repacked, got ready to go, slept, woke up in the morning. On Thanksgiving morning, called my parents, wished them a happy Thanksgiving, and sorry we weren't spending it with you. After we said, uh, said goodbye on the phone, we drove to the airport, hopped in the plane, and uh, basically flew down to my parents for Thanksgiving and surprised them. So that was a, a really nice. neat thing. They weren't expecting. I mean, it took us, you know, from us to drive down to there, it was 10 and a half, 11 hours. Um, it took us most of the day. Um, we had to make a stop down in... Uh, Crossville, excuse me, um, Cross City, I think was the name. Florida. Right. And uh, which is kind of in between, excuse me, uh, Tallahassee and Tampa, or Orlando and Tallahassee, I think. Apparently a very popular fueling stop uh, for a lot of people, but had fun there. Almost got cut off by a tractor that was flying in um, that did not, was not making calls on the radio. And I was doing a pattern, making the calls, you know, eight miles out, five miles out. 45 for a downwind turn base and all of a sudden i hear on the radio i guess i'm going to make a 360 and i look out and all of a sudden this big tractor you know agplane is out there and and turns sideways and does a 360 and so he was trying to do a straight in and i'm like man that's all my training you don't do that you don't do right. straight ins without making calls right so but he went around i landed i was a little upset with him but i you know never said anything to him or whatever but we refueled Took about a half an hour on the ground and then got back in the uh, in the air and flew down on the west coast of Florida over Tampa. A little west of Tampa, actually, and uh, flew, excuse me, east of Tampa and got to see some neat um, like international flights taken off out of Tampa. Flew down a little bit further south of Tampa, close to Fort Myers. And then we made a hard left and cut across to Stewart. SUA Sierra Uniform Alpha um, Stewart Airport and landed there. Red carpet treatment. It was awesome. We landed at the Stewart Jet Center. Um, they had the car come, comes out to us, and here I am in the Cherokee 180, and they put out the red carpet. You know, basically a rubber mat that's red. But still, it was neat to see. Took our bags out of the back and. Put them in the car for us. It was just really neat to have that experience, which I had never had. You know, this is the first real long cross country flight that I've taken in GA. And it was awesome. (laughs) So we drove to my aunt's house and surprised everybody. And uh, my parents were thrilled. Uh, So we stayed with them for a couple nights. Um, The neat thing, though, was Friday, I think, we have some good friends over in Fort Myers, and their daughter, I think, was just graduating. And we wanted to at least get a chance to see them for a little bit. So originally, we're just, my wife was just planning on driving over, which is four hours, pretty much one way to go from Stewart to uh, Fort Myers. Right. And I said, no, we're going to fly over, have them pick us up at Page Field in Fort Myers. So mm-hmm. the next morning we got up, flew to Fort Myers, uh, landed. They picked us up. We went to their house. They brought us out for lunch, had great chicken wings and hung out at the house and the kids jumped in the pool and we hung out for the day. And then in the evening, we drove back to the airport. They dropped us off and they hung out on the side of the road and watched us take off. And we flew back to my parents, which was really, I mean, that's kind of what I envisioned general aviation being for me. I mean, that's that was this was my whole hope. Uh, We flew back to my parents Friday night Um, instead of eight hours of driving. You know, we did it in a day in two hours of flying two and maybe three hours total. Um, and we just really neat to be able to do that. And then Sunday morning, uh, we hopped in the plane and flew back. This time we went up the East coast of Florida. So we went up, uh, just West of probably right over your house, David. Um, at the time the shuttle was still flying and mm-hmm. the rotating, uh, what do they call the big the rotating arm, the, where they actually did work on the payload.
0: Yeah, the uh, rotating um, service structure.
1: The service structure um, was over the shuttle. But I took my handy-dandy little Sony camera and told my wife, I said, just keep snapping pictures until it's full. And zoom in as much as you can. Try not to shake it. Then zoom out, take more, zoom out further, take another one, zoom out further. <laughs> you know, we're just I just want to take a ton of pictures. And sure enough, I have – and I'll we'll make sure we put it in the show notes, but I have a picture – where you can see the top of the external fuel tank of the shuttle while it's sitting on the pad. And I don't recall if it was 39 a or B, but, um, but while it was sitting out there, um, you can tell it's definitely the shuttle. And that was probably the highlight of all my flights was being able to see the shuttle sitting out there, uh, on the pad. Uh, we flew up to, uh, let's see, we stopped and actually we had an issue with weather when we left Stewart. So we were delayed about an hour getting out of there, just low ceilings and rain. Uh, we finally got out of there with a little bit of rain, uh, but the ceilings were much higher. And uh, we got to, where we go, St. Augustine. St. Augustine, the ceilings were dropping also. Um, so a little front was moving through there, a cloud layer. So we were very close to, um, we were very legal, But we were for me, being a newer pilot, um, I was to the point where I wasn't as comfortable as I, I would have liked to have been. But that's part of, you know, the flying makes you, you know, you kind of learn where your limits are and uh, you get, you can kind of go past them a little bit and be a little bit more, be more comfortable the next time in the same situation. But everything was fine. I didn't have an issue at all, really. I was just lower than I would like to have been, knowing there were antennas around there and everything else. But uh, came in for landing. There was a great, I don't know if it's still there anymore. I don't think it is, but there's a great, great restaurant that used to be on the airport, on the airfield at St. Augustine. It looked like an old, like a World War II hangar. You know, the corrugated metal, you know, uh, like a half, uh, like you know, world Quanta up. Clonset huts. Yeah, yeah. Just a really neat setup. Full bar, yes. everything, the whole works. It was just a neat place. A lot of people from off that were not flying, that, you know, this was a Sunday. This was people just coming in from church. Uh, were going in there for lunch, um, which I thought was really neat. Because a lot of places at airports, you don't get a lot of people, like locals, to show up at an airport for something like that. So that's very to cool. See that.
0: I love that. I love it when the airport community restaurant is visited and, and patroned by the, by the community itself. I think yeah. that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it was great. Um, and great food. We had a blast. Um, they fueled up the plane for us, had it ready for us. when we came out from lunch, took off and flew the rest of the way back to Chattanooga. And, um, that was really uneventful. All the clouds had lifted by the time we left. Um, and just a great flight came around the east side of Atlanta. Uh, we was able to see stone mountain down there in Georgia. Um, just some neat little areas. And, uh,
0: what was that but, like? What was flying around stone mountain like?
1: Well, we weren't that close to it. It was often a distance, but I've seen it a number of times flying in and out of Atlanta, um, on human mailing tubes, where if we come in on, uh, 27, uh, one of the runways, you'll, in many cases, fly right over it, um. And you'll see it out the window if you're on the right side, I believe. Um, It's pretty neat to see it. It really is because it's just like a giant, you know, bald head sticking up out of the ground. Since I've
0: met Beth, we've actually gone up to to the top of Stone Mountain twice on my way uh, driving through up to your place. Uh, yeah, it's a neat place. It, and it's very cool. And I, every once in a while you see a little, a little airplane flying around it, uh, mm-hmm. a little, you know, a bit above it, obviously, but it's very, very cool. And I, I, have always thought it'd be really neat to take a GA aircraft around it.
1: Yes. I would like, that is something after, after the fact, I mean, after that flight, I have been to stone mountain a few times. Um, I had never been there before. So being there now, yeah, I would love to be able to fly over that a lot lower and a lot closer. And, um, you know the area of the water is gorgeous there so i'd love to be able to see all that the lakes that they have there and um the trees around i mean obviously not a whole lot of trees growing on the granite but um the area around it is a gorgeous area and you fly through the blue ridge mountains and stuff um, which is just a little bit uh north northeast of, of that of uh, that area of stone mountain so um that was kind of neat and then flew back into chattanooga spent the night again just did a quick load of laundry monday morning on her way to work she dropped me off at the airport I flew back to Charlotte um, and made it back in time to, I think I was at work at by noon or something that day. It was a lot of hours. <laughs> it was expensive, too, but it was a lot of fun. And like I said, that's kind of what I envision general aviation being, a way to get someplace to be, to be able to do multiple stops in a day or in a weekend And just a great environment. I mean, I I love flying. It's so much fun. And actually that plane didn't have an autopilot. So I hand flew the entire way. Nice. Which is, I'm sure doesn't happen very often these days. Almost everybody, if you're going to go further than, you know, an hour or two, everybody, you know, you kind of have to have an autopilot and that plane did not. And I, so I hand flew it the whole way.
0: I, I actually did a flight, um, quite a few years ago. We were doing it for business and me and an instructor, uh, Decided that for this business trip, the most effective way for us to get from Melbourne to Columbia, South Carolina for a business trip was to go to the local flight school and rent an aero for the day. Mm-hmm. And it did not have an autopilot. And really? it was three nope. It was just I I hand flew the thing the whole way. I sat in the left seat because he was a CFI and so that was good. Uh, I flew the whole thing the whole way. Uh, three hours up and 2.9 on on the way back. And uh, we beat the airlines. And if if we had taken the airlines, we would have had to... And there's a time and a place for the airlines. I have utmost respect for what they do. They provide a great service. But in this case, case, we beat them. If I had taken the airlines, we would have had to go to uh, Melbourne and go through Atlanta and show up an hour early uh, or go to Orlando and show up an hour and a half early Uh, For a flight that wasn't going to get us there and uh, in time for the morning meeting that we had. So we ended up having to we would have had to get a hotel for the night. The night before. Fly in the night before and then leave the day of. Uh, where, where with this, we were able to fly up for the morning. Get We were up before the sun, and airborne before the sun. We watched the sunrise. We arrived three hours uh, later. We did our meeting. And then that afternoon, we went back to the airport, picked up the airplane, and flew back. And I think we were home in time for dinner. Uh, all because we rented an Aero. And yeah, I hand flew that thing the whole way. It was actually kind of fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, I didn't know. So, I, honestly, I've never been in an Aero that didn't have an autopod, So that's kind of interesting. I know they have... And even the standard autopilot wasn't that great in um, an Aero 2 that I I've, I had flown before. It was a uh, it's basically what what do they call it uh, like a wing leveler or something, right? Which still works. Yep. Very well. Just play with the trim a little bit, and that's kind of it.
0: Um. So, I guess that's uh. That's it. I actually, um, I love that, and you mentioned it already, I love that you kind of found aviation to be useful for a particular thing and then did that thing and found out that that's, that. like, like you said, I want to use it to go places, and then you started using it to go places. Now you've yeah. obviously gone more from there. Now you like flying for the fun of it. But I love that you did, in fact, realize that, that Mind you could use mission. this to go some places and, and, and did it for that mission. Yeah. I thought it was very cool.
1: Yeah. And we've done yeah. on trips. I mean, like I've been down to Panama city a few times. That could be another story we talk about with the beer run. Um, nice, <laughs> but like, you know, Hilton head Island for 4th of July weekend. We did once. So
0: that'd be cool. Uh, the other thing I love is you, how much, just how much nicer it is to fly yourself. Like they, you know, you got out of the airplane at that FBO and there was a red carpet there, obviously on a rubber mat, but
1: yeah, it was a just goofy red carpet, the, but still, it's a red carpet. It's <laughs> the, you
0: just don't get that through other modes of transportation. You take a train, now they're not laying out a red carpet for you. You take the airlines, you take a, a car, you know, <laughs> nobody's laying yeah. out a red carpet for you. Whereas if you do general aviation, it's kind of a thing and it's just, it's just really nice to be treated in that way. I think it's very cool.
1: Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, and not every place is like that either. Not every FBO, you know, of does not. that. I mean, but it's nice when it does. It's just the icing on the cake, basically. I mean, you already flew yourself here. <laughs> that's, you know, that in and of itself is, is awesome. For sure. So is that it? Well, that's all I got for now. Maybe we'll do, uh, maybe to kick off our next season, we'll do another round of flights uh, for ourselves.
0: Sounds good. So, I'll have more by then, because I am a student pilot.
1: Yes, you are. <laughs> I can't wait to get your license, dude. I can't wait till we get to stop teasing you about not having a pilot's license.
0: Well, I can't wait, too. That's going to be a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> Which, that is being done. Do you want to talk about that one real quick?
0: Um, sure. Yeah, uh, you can find out, you can actually follow along with my flight training. Uh, my, my instructor and I have created a YouTube channel called Flight Review. So if you go to youtube.com flight review uh you'll find our videos i'm actually going to try to post another one as soon as we finish this show we've got uh, uh quite a few lessons in the can and i'm trying to publish the videos for each of those lessons uh and that'll be season one of our channel our youtube channel is me getting my private uh who knows what happens for season two but we're gonna continue to make awesome videos there for flying so and we're actually going to start a podcast for that show as well so uh, uh, stay tuned and you'll hear us talk about that other aviation podcast. It be, should
1: be a lot of fun Just real quick. What do you want to do after your pilot? What do you, after your private, what do you, what are you expecting for yourself?
0: At, at a minimum, my goal is to get private uh, instrument commercial uh, CFI and okay. then to start training other pilots at the flight school where I'm being trained. Nice. Um, whether that's a career move for me Is, is remains in the air, you know, I I don't know if that's kind of where I want to go or not yet, but I definitely want to be giving the gift of flight to other people. Uh, So what happens after that? Who knows? Um, You know, season eight could be, you know, Uh, you know, me, me, me training up the guy who's going to take over the channel. I don't know, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) yeah, it'll be a lot of fun.
1: So I'm actually getting ready to start working on my instrument soon. And that's my first goal because, you know, maybe something, I I think we're going to talk about it in a later episode with a guest, but, you know, like I took a couple of years, a few years off, five years offline. Um, so now that I'm back current in the past year, I'm trying to fly at least once a month, which is harder than it sounds, you know? Time, money, work, life, everything gets in the way. But one of my goals is to try and fly somebody. That was my initial goal. At least once a month, go flying with somebody if I don't have a reason to go fly myself. Um, and I did that for the after I got current for a while. So that was a neat thing to do, to share that experience of flight. So I've got uh, five friends of mine that I've already flown with. I've taken up for flights. Um, and one of them wants me to take her up with her two daughters uh, for a flight. Um just haven't been able to do it yet with the weather and travel for work and everything. So as soon as the weather clears up down here, we're going to take them up for a nice flight, um, probably over a football stadium of their choosing, uh, like Tennessee Vols or Alabama or whatever their favorite football team is. I forget which one, but taking for a long flight and go nice. visit you know, their college that they root for and stuff like that. They're, I'm in SEC country, so they love that stuff. So... <laughs> So that's kind of my what I'm hoping to keep doing. Um, it's hard to do in the winter, especially when I'm working up in Wisconsin right now. Um, but I did join a flying club up there. And I'm going to try and go flying this weekend with my wife. She's coming up for her birthday. And uh, we want to I want to kind of surprise her and take her to her family uh, for the weekend, for her birthday. And uh, I'm looking forward to that as long as the weather holds out, which is awesome. a five and a half hour drive. And we're going to do it in two and a half in the plane.
0: That's just amazing to me. You save so much time doing this in an airplane.
1: I do not save money, but you save time.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's a true statement.
1: And that's not entirely true either. I mean, you know, I'm looking at round trip, three tanks of gas and everything else. So, and time is money. So, you know, the ability to, you know, not have to spend, you know, an entire day literally driving there and back is a big deal. True
0: statement. So for this uh, for this show, we're going to have lots of guests, and they're going to come on and tell their stories about about their adventures. Uh, could be a single leg of a single flight. Could be an adventure from here to there over multiple days. Uh, could be you know a collection of different kinds of flights. So we're we're hoping you'll you'll subscribe. That would be the uh, most amazing thing you could do for us and help us out uh, get this show get this podcast uh, going on the road.
1: I think that's a wrap. I think I'm done. I think you've got your story in. I think we're good. I'm, we're good for this episode, David. What do you think?
0: I think that's good. That's awesome. Uh, thanks so much for giving us a listen. We hope you give us a chance and subscribe. Uh, this show is going to be available uh, pretty much anywhere. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, so we we hope you'll subscribe. If you uh, do subscribe on Apple Podcasts uh, on iTunes, man, that'd be awesome if you'd leave us a, a five star rating. Uh, that really helps us out to get noticed right away and uh, that'll that'll be that'll be huge so thanks so much for listening. please share with your friends and uh, we can't wait to to talk some more flying with you guys
1: and if you'd like to share your own stories we, our email address is going to be set up it's going to be stories at logbookmemories dot com and you can have your own logbook memory and send it to us and we're not sure exactly when and how but we're going to take all these stories that our listeners send us and do a whole episode of user stories. Be fun. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Looking forward to that too.
0: All right. That's it. We'll catch you next time here on logbook memories. Thanks.
1: Ciao.